HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, I'm Diane Stemple on Heritage Radio Network's Cutting the Curd. Today I am excited to have in studio Brian Kaiser and Lee Friend, authors of the very recently published Composing the Cheese Plate. Welcome. Thanks, Thank Sam. I, lo- I love to have people in studio and I love to have the two of you. Well, it's great to be here. Anyway, so so what's it like adding author to both of your long resumes? Um, <laughs> what's it like? It's been an interesting phenomenon. Uh, people sort of had to point it out to me. Like, you're a published author now. And I was like, oh, I guess I am. I, I, like, I didn't think about mm-hmm. that as like a f- thing, but it is. <laughs> So, that, you know, one more thing on the resume. Right, right. Yeah. And how about you, Lee? I mean, I kind of agree. It was it was such a long process that, like, finally, now that it's here, we're kind of like, oh, my gosh, I guess we actually did this. We can add the title of authors to our, <laughs> yeah. to our long list. I'm a published co-author. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right, right, right. So when when was the idea for this book born? About... Five years ago, I think, four, um, a an editor from a publisher called me and said that they wanted to do a book on cheese plates, and mm-hmm. he'd been uh, researching it and thought our cheese plates were the best, and mm-hmm. asked if we would be interested in doing um, doing a book. And I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And so we started. What was the first idea? What was the first... How was it going to look at first? Well, we 
kind of disagreed on how it would look, and we ended up not working with that publisher. So um, his idea was very simple. He wanted Mm -hmm. one recipe for a condiment paired with one cheese on each, like, two-page spread. So um, for listeners who don't know who we are, um, I own a restaurant called Casa Lula that uh, has really good food, but also we do a lot of uh, composed cheese plates. And um, we are known for the uh, things that we pair with cheeses. We Mm -hmm. have many, many house-made condiments that Mm -hmm. uh, we serve with the cheeses, and those were created by Lee, who was our pastry chef for many years. Mm -hmm. And And you're very well known for that. I mean, that is, you, it's a cheese restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're known in the cheese world. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, not like we can't walk down the street without getting mobbed, but we are, we're well known (laughs) amongst people who care about cheese, um, which is more and more people every year. So that's great. Um, But the way we put together a whole plate, and Lee can maybe talk about this a little bit more, is complicated. It's not that this cheese goes with this pairing and we just put them together. Mm -hmm. Each cheese plate, we make choices about what cheese is trying to capture a range of milks cheese types, um, regions, and then pair them with a variety of things from pickles to mustards to brittles to fudge, uh, compotes, Mm -hmm. fruit curds, on and on and on. All of which are, many of which are in the book. Yes. That's what the book is. It's 70 recipes for fun, easy pairings to serve with cheeses. Um... So the challenge initially was that I wanted to do a book that was pretty complicated because I wanted to really explain the philosophy behind what we do and the thought process that goes into creating a different cheese plate every time. Mm -hmm. And they wanted something that was going to be really easy for the readers to just open up and make a recipe and Mm -hmm. buy that cheese and put them together. Okay. And... So you parted company with publisher number one. We parted company. We never signed with them. We just right. started. We talked to them for a couple of months, and then mm-hmm. I decided this is not the cheese book I want to write. But he's right. We should write a cheese plate book. Mm-hmm. So then Lee and I started talking about what we really wanted the book to be. Mm-hmm. And it took a Was few. Was she in <laughs> on it from the start? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um I was, we, it was originally uh, three of us. Um, there was Brian Kaiser, myself, and uh, Dimitri Saad. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then over time, um, you know, things change, and it ended up just being the two of us that ended up writing the book. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what Brian is saying is, is correct, but, um, you know, we did want this book to be, I wouldn't necessarily say more complicated, but yeah. to go into a little bit more detail about the thought process behind these composed cheese plates. Mm-hmm. And... You know, one kind of, you know, thing that I'm able to look back on now is that while it was kind of hard to explain it, trying to put it down on paper, mm-hmm. I do think that our book is very easy to use and it explains it in a in a user-friendly Yes, way. I agree. Yeah. I, I think agree. That, it's not too hard at all. That's yeah. what took a long time. Mm-hmm. It was like two years of us then trying to figure out how do we take this really complicated thing we do and present it in a way that's actually not complicated, but it's still mm-hmm. true to what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, and the book's format is it's got um, each cheese plate 
is introduced and there's a long, well, two or three page narrative about a topic relating to that cheese plate. Right. So I have a question. Did you logically divide up the work so that you did the uh, discussion and you did the recipes and the cheese plates? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I am uh, <laughs> not not the most uh, inspired writer. Okay. And so the recipes were pretty natural for me. I right. These were recipes right. that I had already been making for years. Right. Um, right. You know, but even, uh, you know, writing 70 recipes from start to finish. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, multiple times. It takes a lot of effort. And you have to make sure it's really clear you're not just writing it down for you. You're writing it down for probably lesser cooks. Exactly. I mean, years of kitchen, it's, you know, kitchen recipes are like chicken scratch. And, you know, you you enter in methods that you already know how to do. Right. But to explain right. it to somebody who may have never done that method before takes a little bit more explanation. Right. Right. Now, are you an English major? I was an English major, yes. And are you, were you an English major or do you, were you a culinary major? I I went to New England Culinary Institute. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you match, you're, you're bringing your talents to the table. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's been a great collaboration, I think, because we bring very different things to the project and we never, I don't remember us ever talking about who's going to do what, it was just, just obvious. It was obvious. You do the things you do, and I do the things uh-huh. I do, and they fit together. Mm-hmm. You have some very nice and sensible cheese information in in between all the cheese plates. I really like how you took a cheese plate, either created it for the information, mm-hmm. or the information came out of the cheese plate. Uh, that I thought that was a, a very good way to organize the book. Well, thank you. I'm glad you... Glad you like it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and it sometimes you do rants on like, you know, <laughs> Brian is known as to in real life <laughs> rant <laughs> about the cheese and crackers dilemma or the bread dilemma, though. I, I see you've given in to bread. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the thing that's getting the most attention and the most comments. Um, I, um, when I started working with cheese about, I don't know, 15 years ago in, fancy fine dining restaurants that had cheese plates. Um, I think um, it was just assumed that cheese was served with bread mm-hmm. and also assumed that cheese was served with either almonds or quince paste. Like mm. that was what everything was paired with. <laughs> and so when I started thinking, the basics. Yeah. So when I started thinking about opening what became Casa Lula, which I wanted mm-hmm. to be a cheese focused restaurant, it was really important to me that we paired each cheese with something that actually went with that cheese. Mm-hmm. Now, what we ended up doing ended up being a lot more than my original inventive and more inventive. Yes, right? <laughs> um, I'm not the one that thought of putting fudge with cheese, but um, <laughs> but Lee has a beautiful gift and a great palate, and mm-hmm. and is very creative and makes great things. So mm-hmm. um, we. Um, we didn't want, and I say we, I didn't want to just assume that every cheese should go with bread or right. crackers, which is what mm-hmm. Americans think. I think right. A lot of Americans, right. if they eat a piece of cheese, it is on a cracker, and they act as if they can't right. not do that. <laughs> right. And so, Casalula is trying to 
you know, educate people. There, there are cheeses no one's heard of. There's, yeah. you know, condiments no one's heard of. It's, it's part of your mission yeah. to elevate the cheese plate. Absolutely. And, and, and back when it opened, she's, yeah. you know, we were behind then. Right. What year was it that Casa Lula opened? 2007. Okay. It's been almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what I say in the book is that I wanted us to serve the right bread to go with cheeses that should go with bread or the right crackers that mm-hmm. should go with cheeses that should have crackers or no starch if that was what we thought was appropriate and i lost that battle our customers just insist <laughs> that there be bread and so now we i mean we've always served bread with our plates because it just from the very beginning mm-hmm. they the audience did not tolerate no bread <laughs> so i would like people just to pause and think before they eat a piece of cheese right. does mm-hmm. it really need to be right. on bread or crackers what what's being added what's mm-hmm. being gained because mm-hmm. there are a lot of cheeses that benefit greatly from right um oh they taste something great. like that like soft spreadable cheeses are great on bread and like blue cheeses can be sort of mellowed by bread mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. people who uh, don't like super strong sharp blue cheeses and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of you know, i'm not against bread i just want <laughs> i love bread you want to be more flexible i just want people to think about it before right. they before they right. Put their cheese on bread. Well, sometimes I want to avoid bread because I don't want to fill my stomach with silly bread. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to eat more cheese. Yeah. Well, I think I think for some people it's just a little bit challenging because they've never really heard that before. It's mm-hmm. like the same could or it could be some similar type people who always expect a bread basket at every meal. Right. There's definitely those diners out there. They go mm-hmm. to a restaurant. They would like the free, you know free bread with a little mm-hmm. bit of butter and olive mm-hmm. oil to start the meal. Right. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people that are just used to eating right. cheese. Right. Pra- that seems to be getting less popular, at least in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. It's bread bread baskets are disappearing or being charged for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so how long did the book take to from start to finish? How long? And what were the fun parts? What were the hard parts? Um, well, you know, as Brian said, we did start on this about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we did, we, we took our time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, once we, uh, did kind of pitch around our proposal and, um, got picked up by a publisher, we had six months to, to write the Get book down from to start business. to finish. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And, um, and I actually think that that timeline was was really good. I think it had it been any longer, uh, we probably would have procrastinated. Um, we would have done it in the same amount of time. Just exactly. Later. Right. 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 Yep. Felt pressured longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a lot, it was a lot to do in, in six months, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you're right that that was a good time frame. Now, how many condiments or pairings do you think have been served over the years at Casa Lula? And how did you select which to put in the book? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, I would take a wild guess of, you know, perhaps I've created probably a little less than 200 condiments total okay. over the years. Okay. Um, most of my inspirations came from uh, all over the place, from, you know, experiences of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to get inspired by like family recipes mm-hmm. and kind of do different twists. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the green market mm-hmm. was a huge inspiration of mine. Um, 
I mean, just, you know, seeing what was available what in was fresh season. and turning it into something. And also talking with the cheesemakers at the market and see mm-hmm. what they like to do with their cheeses. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I do have a, a pastry chef background. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, cheese naturally pairs very well with sweet things. So that mm-hmm. was very easy for me to mm-hmm. produce. Um, but I did go to culinary school for uh, savory cooking for culinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love to do that as well, just not so much professionally. So landing at Casa Lula allowed mm-hmm. me to have my savory creative side. To explore side. more of the savory side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of those flavors, you know, just came out very, you know, simply, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, vegetable purees and roast uh, roast things and pickles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pestos and such like the that. The recipes seem um, fairly accessible to me who is not a you know, super chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and these are the exact recipes that we, we would use at the restaurant. I was going to um, ask, are they the exact, or have you dumbed them down a bit for the audience? I have not at all. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I specifically chose these recipes because these are the ones that we kind of kept going back to throughout the years. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the ones that... They were favorites, reliable. Correct, mm-hmm. yep. And, you know, and easy to um, to make mm-hmm. every day. You know, none of them really... All these recipes can be made ahead of time. Mm-hmm. None of them have to be made, uh, you know, just before serving your cheese platter or mm-hmm. board. Um, so these recipes were created for ease for the restaurant, um, mm-hmm. but also just, you know, as fun seasonal uh, pairings to change up. Okay. Okay. And then how did you both together decide which cheeses to feature or was that more your job, Lee? I'd say... We, we decided together based on Lee's far superior knowledge oh, okay. <laughs> than mine. Uh, well, and which, she was picking which which recipes well, she was going to include. Right, yeah. Lee Lee knows the recipes. Lee has Lee is better at imagining flavors together and saying, mm-hmm. Oh, those will go together. Mm-hmm. And Lee now works for a cheese distributor. Mm-hmm. So she works day in and day out with lots and lots of cheeses and mm-hmm. I, I don't work hands on with the cheeses anymore. Mm-hmm. I run the business and other people get to do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So we talked about everything mm-hmm. but um, Lee Lee was the, Did the creative force behind <laughs> those yeah. choices. I mean and that was, that was a process that um, or that was a list that changed I mean, almost all the way up until the photo shoot, to be okay. honest. Okay. Um, and that was because we really wanted, uh, you know, we wanted to have a wide variety of milks, producers, domestic, imported. Right. And we wanted it all to be well represented in each one of those chapters. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and cheese is seasonal, too. Right. So sometimes we were running into an issue as the shoot got pushed later and later mm-hmm. that perhaps you this cheese wasn't available. Have it available. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Cutting the Curd featuring Brian Kaiser and Lee Friend talking about composing the cheese plate. We'll be right back. And this song is called Pianissimo Short by Taxstar. We'll be right back. (音楽) Thank you. 
Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds. Delicious, fresh cheese curds or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Thanks. Uh, we're back with Brian Kaiser and Lee Friend talking about their book, Composing the Cheese Plate, the uh, subtitle being Recipes, Pairings, and Platings for the Inventive Cheese Course. Nice nice subtitle. Yeah, that, that only took <laughs> oh. a thousand man hours to, <laughs> right. to get to. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure there were many choices yeah. and many discussions yeah. that well, went into that. The funny thing about publishing is that, you know, the authors don't necessarily own that front page. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I have heard that before. Yeah. Well, I what I like about the book is how much freedom and encouragement you give to the reader. Uh, often just saying, do what you want, here's our ideas, here's different things to mix and match, but you've got a palate, you've got a brain, just mix it up. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that came across. And I think when I was talking earlier about the first publisher that we ended up not working with, mm-hmm. um, the structure was a little too, too fixed. Mm-hmm. And I really like the idea that where we wanted to write a book that was giving people the tools so that they could use their own creativity and create their own cheese plates, mm-hmm. not dictate to them some idea that we have about how a cheese plate should look or right. what should be on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, freedom is a good yeah. a good way to look at yeah. that. Um, also, I think uh, I noticed that it said you had recipe testers. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I had imagined... The, your guests at the restaurant would be just tasting your recipes, but did you have exact recipe testers who tested out whether you'd written it correctly? Yes. Uh, so that's actually what the recipe testers, testers were. These were okay. people who I'd given the recipe to. Uh, then they went at home. They went home. They made the recipe. Um, I had made a. a short little survey for them to fill out after Mm -hmm. they had completed the recipe. You know, how difficult was this on a scale of one Mm -hmm. to five? Uh, What wasn't clear? What was clear? Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for other readers? Um, How would you use this outside the cheese plate? Mm -hmm. Um, And really, everyone had so much great feedback, Mm -hmm. and it really helped shape um, clearer directions Mm -hmm. for the readers. Mm -hmm. And um, 
just, you know, because these are things that I don't always think right. of as a right. chef because it feels natural to me. Right. Now, yeah. would, would they give you what they had made so you could taste it to see if it was right or no? No, okay. I didn't. Because uh, that would have been an interesting uh, experience, too, yeah. to see if somebody else cooks it and it comes out completely different. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, so I didn't actually get to try any of them, but uh-huh. I, I certainly, there were certainly some recipes that were a okay. challenge. Okay. Had they, um, had they been to the restaurant? Were these friends? Were these cheese people? Were these mm-hmm. restaurant Yep, they were okay. all uh, personal friends and family. Friends and family, but ranging from really great home cooks to people who never cook. Right, like, yep. right. It, it's interesting getting the feedback from people who don't cook very often. Mm-hmm. It's helpful to help make things clearer. Did you feel, Brian, when during your part of the writing, you were having a dialogue with the restaurant guests? Like, was I writing to the restaurant right, guests? Right, right. Explaining. Um, more in depth to the restaurant guest. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think I was I was trying to write to a broader audience than that. Okay. We're a thirty nine seat restaurant in a right. tiny space in right. New York City. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, most of the people who would be interested in this book, haven't had the chance to be there. So mm-hmm. I was I wasn't thinking specifically of the restaurant guest. Okay. I was really trying to. Go broader. Mm-hmm. Now, how much time would either of you have had at the restaurant when working there to spend talking to people, getting feedback? Getting feedback just From on the, cheese plates? or On cheese mean, plates. On yeah. cheese plates. Like, which was, did you know this is a favorite? Everyone absolutely loves. Yeah, know. I spent years being in the dining room right. every night right. talking to guests. Mm-hmm. Um, Bringing them the cheese plates. Lee, how long were you doing that? Actually making cheese plates for service? Um, so I worked at Casalula just, just about seven years. Oh, okay. um, so it was quite a long time. And, and, you know, just over the years, I mean, really how this book kind of came together, not only being, um, you know, approached by an, another publisher, but our, our patrons at the restaurant also said, would constantly ask, you know, what do you ever think about writing a book can, uh-huh. or can I have this recipe? Mm-hmm. And I really believe that, you know, recipes should be shared. They shouldn't be secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, naturally when this came up, I said, okay, let's do this. Oh. this we got this. <laughs> we'll share. We'll <laughs> and, share. And we have our favorites from our regulars all, mm-hmm. all past the years and, of course, family favorites as well. Right. Yeah. Lots of people asked us if we were going to write a book, including mm-hmm. Anne Saxelby, the last time we were on Cutting the Curd. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lee brought in a bunch of pairings. and uh, Anne, Oh, for her to taste. Anne was tasting them on the air and uh-huh. said, you guys should do a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, was anything uh, decided to be too difficult for the book? Anything that you make in the restaurant that's just too tricky? Um, I would say the most challenging recipe in the book is the marshmallows. Okay. Uh, and this is because you have to um, have a KitchenAid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to have you know a pretty expensive piece of equipment in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's easily done by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are dealing with hot boiling sugar, mm-hmm. uh, which can be pretty scary. Um, but other than that, I would say that most of the recipes are are for an easy beginner skill level oh, in the right. kitchen. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we ever talked about a recipe being too difficult and took it out, did we? No, I purposely didn't. Uh, honestly, didn't I didn't. I didn't 
choose any and uh, to be honest I, I can't even think that there's any that challenging that right. I've ever made right. Right. Okay. Um, are yeah. they are these the favorites from the restaurant like do often do people say tell you what condiments to put on the cheese plate do they come in and they're regulars and they want so, you know one thing or or another yeah, um, it's kind of fun to see how some of the customers approach the cheese plates because sometimes they'll come back and say, I want that cheese again. Right, right. And sometimes they come back and they say, I want that condiment again, <laughs> whatever cheese you put with it. Yeah, and I was when wondering. They, when they do, it's usually fudge or, yeah. right. or brittle. Like those, are those, those are the ones that people the request des- most the often. The desserty mm-hmm. ones. Yeah. Well, those chocolate graham crackers are quite yeah. amazing also. Well, I, I think it, it's the desserty ones, but it's also the surprise. Surprising ones, like yeah. the things that people go, I would never have thought of putting a lemon, what is a saffron marshmallow mm-hmm. with cheese. Mm-hmm. And then when you have it with the right cheese, it seems like they were made to go together. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like magic. Um, so yeah, people like the surprises. Okay. Now, how do you think, um, how has the restaurant changed over the years in terms of percentage of American cheese? Served or Dramatically. featured. Yeah. I would. When, when we opened, we were trying to have 40 cheeses at a time. Yeah. Obviously representing all different styles, mm-hmm. milks, regions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure in 2007, we couldn't have done an all-American selection. Mm-hmm. Even for a cheese and plate. Then like for 40 cheeses. Oh, okay. We could do oh, a, we yeah. could do a five cheese plate that was all American oh, okay. and we do that all okay. the time. Yeah. Okay. But we couldn't have done 40 cheeses that were really, truly great cheeses mm-hmm. and that represented all the categories. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, now that wouldn't be a problem at all. Right. Um, October is American cheese month. Oh, okay. And we're in October now, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, and, and so are you heavily? We usually do an all American cheese selection for the month of October. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, so okay, yeah, but, I didn't know that because I remember when I first came to Casalula, I thought it was quite European, and and you mm-hmm. had many European cheeses I had never heard of, which so I loved that. Yeah, we but, definitely try to have stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. that's new you have to a lot of people. Things. Um, I think it was probably two thirds European when we opened, mm-hmm. and now it's closer to fifty fifty. Oh, good, good. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Now great. I also noticed. That you talk about Skittles in the book. Isn't that... Isn't <laughs> it's not like there's a chapter that, on Skittles. Well, no, 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 no. But isn't that foreshadowing? Like, uh, or, oh, God. Or an unusual coincidence. Yeah, Skittles is in the zeitgeist, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe... It, who, who talked about the Skittles politically? Who Was it Trump's uh, campaign manager? Or I think it wasn't one of his sons. Oh yes, doesn't matter. Yeah, but maybe a son the or a daughter. maybe the Trump it family might have been had the just daughter's husband. Yes, I think you're right. Maybe the Trump family <laughs> ordered composing the cheese plate from Amazon early, and they got one of the first <laughs> copies, and so had Skittles on the brain because I suggested not pairing Skittles. not pairing Skittles with yes, Jesus. Yes, <laughs> that's that's in one of my other. I don't know. It's it's not a rant, but that's in the right, the right. rules of there are no rules. I think chapter. I I read that page first because it's early on before the Skittles controversy. Yeah, and then I happened to see it again today and cracked yeah. up that you yeah. you had foreshadowed think, what, Skittles. Yeah, what I was saying <laughs> in that part of the book is that uh, we like to say there are no rules. So 
take everything we say as a suggestion, not a command. Right. It's one of your freedom speeches. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm about freedom. Right. Right. America. But, but you did say, but it says there are some rules like <laughs> no Skittles with cheese. Don't pair your cheeses <laughs> with something like Skittles. That's so sweet. It's going to totally overwhelm the flavor of the cheese. Would you consider M&M's? I bet Lee would. <laughs> I love M and M. Absolutely, like M M&M, and M chopped up M and M bark with uh, peanuts. You know, right, peanut yeah. M&Ms. right, right. I <laughs> would like like an artisanal equivalent of M and M's, perhaps <laughs> something without high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> but but, but M and M's yeah. are pretty good, and they come in many different colors. Yeah. At the M M&M and M store. Anyway, I, I just told you that I can't eat chocolate oh, right. before the show, oh. and now you're taunting me. Oh, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I take it back. I I don't mix pre-show and during show right information. But not to worry. There's plenty of chocolate in the book. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, now I just my thinking is. Uh, what or I have a question? What are the categories of condiments? When I was trying to figure it out, I put fruits and chutneys, veg- vegetable stuff, nuts, mustards, and pickles. Does that cover it? Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I've actually sat down and tried to kind of categorize them yeah. before, yeah. and the only other one that I would kind of put in there to separate some of the sweets would be confections. Okay. Because while there are definite, you know, poached fruits and curds and jams and jellies, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think they have that kind of sweetness. They're more on a natural sweet side. Right. uh, Where the confections are going to be very sugar based. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I would which would be more say. of the brickles, even though that's also Correct. nutty. Yeah, right. yeah, because there's some overlapping ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's some and nut bacon. brittles that are very where sweet. Does, and where does bacon fall? Um, bacon is in its awesome own category of the salty <laughs> sweet, right, um, right, right? You know, which I is, forgot bacon. <laughs> yeah, salt, salty yeah. sweet is kind of the ultimate uh, pairing combination. Yeah, because cheese itself uh, is that as well, right? Now, I wanted to talk just a little. Brian, you have a new project up your sleeve. Yes. You're releasing a book and making a restaurant in another city at the same time. Yes. We are opening a Casalula <laughs> in Pittsburgh right now on is the north side. Is it going to be side. called Casalula? It is. It's going to be in a new cultural center that is being built called Alphabet City. So it's going to be called Casalula at Alphabet City. Okay. Um, yeah, it's fascinating to me. That these two projects, one is writing the book and one is opening a second location of Casa Lula. Very different projects, big, time consuming <laughs> ones, both that I've been trying to do for about four years, mm-hmm. each of which I thought would take about two years. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a moment about two months ago where the opening of the restaurant and the release date of the book were scheduled to be the same day. <laughs> like it all comes together. But of course, it's a restaurant, so construction delays have uh, pushed That's us taken back. taken over. So uh, we should be open in about a month. That's a lot November. on your plate. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> now, how big is In a lot the, of different places. How is the um, restaurant in Pittsburgh different? It's going to be bigger than the Casalula here. Mm-hmm. We have about 500 square feet in the main dining room and mm-hmm. 500 square foot basement here in New York. We're going to have about... 1,800 square feet upstairs and 
1,500 downstairs. So uh, 60 seats instead of 40 seats, bigger tables, more space in between them. Mm-hmm. In New York City, we can squeeze people into the restaurant with Vaseline and a shoehorn, and mm. nobody complains that they have to climb over a stranger to get to their table. It's part right. of our charm of mm-hmm. being in New York City. Right. In other cities where real estate is less expensive, there's no there's right. no real need for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the menu? Um, we have a chef in Pittsburgh, a different chef than New York, mm-hmm. who's really great. And um, so we're going to bring like five or six of the Casalula classics, the pig's ass sandwich, the mac and cheese, the stuffed peppadou peppers. Mm-hmm. So th- all the things that are always on the Casalula menu will be the same, mm-hmm. but the things that change seasonally and rotate in and out, those will be different. Those will be from a different chef, but still following the same, you know, small plates, okay. comforting sort of craveable, mm-hmm. casual food. Okay. Um, we'll have a full kitchen there. We just have like a convection oven and a panini press here in New York. So mm-hmm. he'll be able to do more. We'll have a fryer. Um, we'll have a private dining room. We'll be able to do private events. Okay. Um, so the way I look at it is we're trying to open up Casalula exactly as it is here, except changed in the ways that it has to change mm-hmm. based on the locale. And that turns out to be quite a few changes. Right. right. Yeah. And where will you be? How, how will you split your time? Um, Once it opens. This is its own show, Diane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll have to come back to that. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend about three quarters of my time in Pittsburgh as that's okay. getting open. Mm-hmm. And um, then hopefully over time get more toward half and half. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck with that. Thank you very well, much. It's been very delightful talking to both of you about your book. I love your book. Thank uh, you. It's Composing a Cheese Plate. It's Brian Kaiser, owner of Casalula, and Lee Friend, his former pastry chef and chef, uh, with a really fun book. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us, Thank you, Diane. I brought some Wisconsin cheese to eat after the show. Oh, perfect. Wow. <laughs> the sponsors will be so happy. <laughs> what a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.